Okay, let's actually begin Writer's Retreat for February. And um, I have heard from Mary Highland that she was really sorry not to be here. I know she had some new stuff, um, but she's not here for a really happy reason. Her daughter is visiting and she doesn't. Oh, that's nice. She hasn't seen her for a long time. So, um, and she always has a fabulous time with her. So, <laughs> so it's great. Um, <clears throat> okay. So I have heard from, I know that Abby has something to read and I have your poem, Sally. And um, Deanna, you sent something last time, which I hope you're planning to read tonight. I, if I can remember what it was. <laughs> Yeah, that's the problem I had. I couldn't remember, so I brought something totally different. <laughs> it was the beginning of a story, and um, I'm, I think you said it was like chapter one of a novel, maybe? Me? Uh, no, it might have been a, a work of flash no. fiction, maybe. I'm talking to Deanna. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Okay, um, well, Abby's doing her thing. I can go to another window and look and see if I can figure it out. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, why don't And I can do... still hear you while you're while I'm doing okay. that. So, um, what so Abby wrote uh, a note with her poem that she's going to read saying that she was prompted to write it by a prompt in another group to emulate the style of another poet and she said that she had chosen a poem by Billy Collins and that prompted me to out of curiosity to go find the Billy Collins poem so I thought before Abby reads her spin-off I have the Billy Collins poem and I'll read that and then we can okay think about how that how she executed that prompt. So the the Billy Collins poem is called The The Lanier. And it's from a collection called The Trouble with Poetry and Other Poems by Billy Collins. The other day, I was ricocheting slowly off the blue walls of this room moving as if underwater from typewriter to piano, from bookshelf to an envelope lying on the floor. When I found myself in the L section of the dictionary, where my eyes fell upon the word lanyard. No cookie nibbled by a French novelist could send one into the past more suddenly. A past where I sat at a workbench at a camp by a deep Adirondack lake, learning how to braid long thin plastic strips into a lanyard, a gift for my mother. I had never seen anyone use a lanyard or wear one if that's what you did with them, but that did not keep me from crossing strand over strand again and again until I had made a boxy red and white lanyard from my mother. She gave me life and milk from her breasts and I gave her a lanyard. 
She nursed me in many a sick room, lifted spoons of medicine to my lips, laid cold ice cloths on my forehead, and then led me out into the air, airy light, and taught me to walk and swim, and I, in turn, presented her with a lanyard. Here are thousands of meals, she said, and here is clothing and a good education. And here is your lanyard, I replied, which I made with a little help from a counselor. Here is a breathing body and a beating heart, strong legs, bones and teeth, and two clear eyes to read the world, she whispered. And here, I said, is the lanyard I made at a camp. And here, I wish to say to her now, is a smaller gift, not the warm truth, that you can never repay your mother, but the rueful admission that when she took the two-tone lanyard from my hand, I was as sure as a boy could be that this useless, worthless thing I wove out of boredom would be enough to make us even. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, that's so wonderful. And thank you, Abby, because I never read the poem and I went looking for it. And I just oh, love yeah. him so much. Yeah. I just love him so much. Anyway. So, um, All right. So, so, so now this is here, Abby. All right. This is called the bookmark. And I actually made some changes since I sent this to the list earlier. So if you happen to be following along, along, don't be alarmed if what you're hearing isn't exactly what you're seeing on the page. The bookmark. My computer's web browser has a bookmark feature. I think back to my youth when I made a leather bookmark for my grandmother with the help of a summer camp counselor. I asked her to inscribe grandma's name, Louise. Grandma made delicious Boston cream pie. I gave her a bookmark. Grandma shared her bed with me. I gave her a bookmark. Grandma said my music was beautiful. I gave her a bookmark. Grandma, an avid reader, didn't live to mark her place in any of my books. The end. And that's it. Oh. <clears throat> that's it. I well, I didn't didn't want to go first, but if everybody's quiet, I guess I will. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I I like your poem. Um, standing, you know, standing alone. I I like it, but in in terms of the the exercise that you were trying to do. I realized that what leapt out at me right away was that you, um, the, the bookmark follows, the, it repeats um, the sentiment of the lanyard until you get to the end. And it seemed to me that 
the bookmarks <laughs> ending is about the giver and the lanyard's ending is about the recipient. And that's just how it seemed to me. I don't know. Yeah. Um, that, uh, so, um, but I, I, I like it. I like that. Um, and I, I like the exercise, you know, it's, it's kind of great. So what is anybody else? Abby, it's Sally. I was just wondering when you said, um, your books at the end, my books, yes. do you mean Braille books that you had at the time? Or no, the books, books that, that I wrote. wrote. Okay, books that I wrote. I, I guess I need to make that more clear. Yeah, I thought that, but I just wanted to clarify. Okay. Deanna, you back with us? She's in another oh, she window. might still be looking for her, <laughs> for her piece. I like that, though. She's in another window. She said she was going to another <laughs> window. <laughs> yeah. Um. <clears throat> and she might have muted, so it may take her a minute to unmute, if that's the case, to get back yeah. over here. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so how... When you when you did that exercise, had you just read this poem and you knew right away what one it was going to be? Well, I've read it several times. I first read it years ago, and it's one and it's one of my favorite poems by this author. And so, yeah, and it's funny because last month, the day out that, that that night after we had our last meeting, we were given that prompt for this meeting. I was lying in bed and thinking about what could I do, and then it just came to mind, and. Before I could forget it, because I was going to be busy, I wouldn't have time to really work on it until I didn't have time to work on it until today. So I just got out of bed, grabbed my iPhone, and just dictated a rough draft into the Notes app. And you know, and so then I would have it. Then I'll then all I had to do today was just uh, email that to myself from my phone, and then I could you know pull it up here on my Brailleson Six and work on it. So, uh, but yeah, that's how it came about. Nice is using that poem. And I'm not sure, um, because you said it's about, the, the lanyard is about, or my poem, the ending, is about the giver. Are you talking about me give, me as the giver or grandma as the giver? You. Okay. You know, because it, oh, it okay. comes back to, you know, she's never marked any of my books. You know, yeah, she, had, she never had a chance to read any of the books I wrote. Right, right. Yeah, and I, so I, I guess my sense was that the the feeling, you know, if 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 a, if the purpose of a poem is to recreate or spark a feeling, the the feeling that your poem um, stirs in me is completely different from the one that the Billy Collins poem, you know the his poem that the, the feeling is um gratitude and and and, and re regret well yours is gratitude right. and regret too. yes it is, it's gratitude um, and, and and it is and it is regret that well not just regret that i didn't do more for her but regret that she wasn't able to and 
I mean, she, I think she might have read some of my poems. But see, she passed in 2006. My first book wasn't published until 2007. So she never had, so I regret that she never had a chance to read any of my books. So I think Amazon delivers to heaven. You think? All right. Well, oh, good. Then maybe by and now I don't. I don't to... mean. I don't mean that to be funny. I, I think your no, grandmother no, no, knows that's, well, that's, proud. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's possible. Yeah. And it, yeah. And if and if she was aware of it, she probably could have. Or I missed what you else. said. They probably so. have an Amazon dot heaven, like they have an Amazon dot UK and Amazon dot Canada. <laughs> I bet they do. I bet they do. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Okay, that'd be HBN, right? <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, they probably. Yeah. I wouldn't That's be surprised. Would think, yeah. <laughs> okay. Why not? That's a nice idea, Sally. <laughs> okay, um, Deanna, are you back? Um, let me see. There she is. I'm Miss still. America. I'm still here, but I'm not sure if this is it. Um, the book I'm working on. Um, is um, a retelling of incidents from my childhood. And I think this is the newest piece from that. Um, it's called Many Hands Make the Work Go Quicker. I think that's what you sent me. Yeah. Okay. I think that's it. Mary yeah. Swan. So you, yeah, Mary Swan. Okay, Mary Swan um, buttoned her coat. It was time... I can get my Braille display to cooperate. I didn't download it because I knew you read for yourself. <laughs> so you're on your own, kid. <laughs> she kissed her 11-year-old daughter on the top of her head. I need you to mop and wax the kitchen, hallway, and bathroom floors this afternoon. I will stop at the store and uh, let's see, to pick up groceries after my shift at the diner. I'll be home around four. Uh, then um, send the boys over to Grandma Emma's so they won't keep tracking across the floor until it's dry. Mike is down on the chores list to clean the bathroom, and Ryan can dust and uh, dust and straighten the living room. If you all do very well with your chores, we can all go to use some of my tip money and go to the drive-in tonight. Okay, Mama. Mama, I'll clean the kitchen floor after the boys finish their breakfast. Then we'll we'll all get our chores done before you come home. Lisa, put the radio on as she, as she, and sang along as she worked. Lisa curled up in the. The, um, in the armchair to do her homework while she waited for the floor to dry. I can make you peanut butter sandwiches um, 
I can okay, I make I can make you peanut butter sandwiches you can eat on the front porch. Mama mixed up um a gallon of milk with a with the powder she got. Uh She used hot water, so uh, she used hot water to, to make sure it would all dissolve. It's nice and cold by now. If you not, if you want, I think there is a way you can help me with the floor wax. That would be fun, smiled Lisa. Lisa washed the knife from the sandwiches and the glasses from the milk. She instructed <laughs> Mike and Ryan to, uh, to take off their shoes on the front porch. She spread, uh, she, she, she uh, applied paste wax to the bottom of their stocking feet. Now, skate to the music. By the time Mary returned home uh, with the shopping, the floors were shining clean. Everyone had to walk carefully to keep from falling on their behinds. Mary Swan laughed and tugged one of Lisa's long braids. You've outsmarted yourself now, my girl. I expect you to, uh, to scrub the wax out of three pairs of socks on the scrub board in the bathtub. Then we'll take them and the rest of the wash over to grandma to run to use her ringer washing machine. Okay, that was the first chapter of, of the book, just introducing the children and, and the fact that they are kind of working together to get things done. Uh, it's the same characters, but that's not the one that you sent me. The one you sent me was about hmm. like picking beans or picking berries or something. Could have been. As oh, I said, oh, I'm oh. filling in different spots places <laughs> yeah okay needed okay. bridges so and explain this to us is it going to be a novel are they all yeah um it's based on my childhood with my two brothers after my parents divorced when my mother returned to michigan where her people were and um because she had never graduated high school she had to work several jobs and our grandparents helped and um, our uncles helped, and we did lots of um, things like pick fruit to earn money for school clothes and got into various mischief and, and had lots of, of childhood experiences. Um, so it's all collected into a book, and I usually try to include a little bit of um, cultural information. This one was, was a kind of a rough draft of a piece that I 
thought I had probably written most recently, but I couldn't remember which one I sent you. <laughs> Are you going to connect the pieces with a storyline or just leave them as separate little vignettes? Um, it does. Okay, here's another one. Maybe this is it. No, this isn't it, I don't think. Um, this one is about um, the children deciding that they have to contribute to help their mother. Um, some of the stories are quite long. Some are you know, they're just chapters, so it's hard to, to um, I'm putting right. together chronologically so that you get a picture. And they do talk about their cultural um, backgrounds and things. Um, the, there is some, some um, filling out of the story in the various chapters, like the fact that their father didn't come back from Korea and because um, I'm choosing to use that um, rather than than a rather difficult divorce because my my father was abusive, um, I just want to leave him completely out and talk just about um, the way we lived and what what our thoughts were about things. So, but do you, are you going to, to tie them together and, and make it a novel? I mean, it seems like you could. And yes, um, uh. each of the different kids have will, um, will make a bridge of, of, you know, between the things because it will start. And I'm not sure exactly which, um, which one I'm, I'm trying to first figure out a well here's what I what I would urge you to do because you're such a good writer and um, I think these are really uh, have the potential of being really interesting stories. I remember really liking the one that you sent me and it was the same people, but it was different from this one. And um, my, what I would encourage you would be three things, map out a story, even if you have to make part of it up, even, even to, to make it a storyline and then, you know, to connect the chapters that are memories, but you know, it doesn't all have to be legit. Oh. Nobody's checking. You can, you no, can make no. some stuff up. I was doing but, that, but I'm not sure I'm in the, in the right file. Cause I've got two different files. And um, so this one, I don't think was the one I sent you. That's what I said. Um, because I think the first one is them trying to, um, 
trying to figure out a way they could help their mother or something like that. And then it goes a little, um, Sally has seen most of it in pieces. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm, okay. I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to think, um, was there another one that they tried to help their mother? I, or is this the one you were talking about, the floor waxing? No, um, where they were trying to figure out ways they could earn money was one, one chapter to help their mother because um, she, she was writing the check. She had written the check for the Sears order after they'd come back from picking cherries mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. And um, she was concerned about, um, about saving up the money for the fuel oil before the winter came. And so when she left, the children were putting their heads together, trying to figure out how they could they could give their mother um, most of what they had earned, only keeping you know a little bit aside for for Christmas presents and things like that. And then they could um, also take on extra chores. And they were trying to decide what each one could do. And so the littlest one, of course, is only six. So he says well, what can I do? And she says, well, Officer Trebu lives next door and he is a police officer. He doesn't have a lot of time to work in his garden. You could go ask if he would pay you to pull weeds. And, you know, and so they're all, you know, planning what kind of jobs they might be able to get around the neighborhood that they live in to, um, supplement um, what their mother is trying to save aside for for the fuel oil. One question that came to my mind right away is um, you've been blind all your life, right? Mm -hmm. Well, no, since I was eight. That was the impetus for my mother finally leaving my father was the fact that she no longer needed medical care from the military because there was no more surgeries that could, could so at all save my a, vision. That's a pretty interesting part of the story, Deanna, but we don't hear that Lisa is blind. No, so. because I didn't want to get it distracted by that. Um, I, because explaining how a blind child does things would get too much of the story. What I wanted to tell was the story of growing up Native American. Oh yeah, yeah. That makes yeah, sense. I, I, I think it's, I, I think it's important. I think, and I, you know, it's, it's kind of the same advice that um, I'm, I'm sort of passing on. The advice that I got from uh, a guy I, I know here in a writers group here, who's a retired professor from Penn State, and and he choose me out for writing things that where blindness was a part of it and leaving it out. And he says, that's part of the story. And I think, I think it's true. And I think I see what you're saying. You don't want it to distract from the culture or the togetherness, the family spirit, but it's part of it. It's such an important part. You can do it. 
<laughs> You're a good writer. You Deanna, I, I remember that we talked about this in mm-hmm. our Leonard Katik group. Mm-hmm. And I think all or most of us believed that you were right. Um, you shouldn't promote Lisa as blind. And I'm not even sure in these stories, is she blind? Um, because anytime I never you write really about, thought of myself as blind as a child. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it just you, wasn't part of my consciousness. The only time yeah. I ever felt blind was when I left the reservation and the the circle of my family. Right. Yeah, but right. if if you if you make Lisa blind in this story mm-hmm. and really bring that in. We all felt that that would take away from what you were trying to do. Because, I mean, I can't think, now I don't do children's literature and I'm, I haven't done a search for any of this. But when I was, when I was growing up, my God, it was so long ago. But when <laughs> I was growing up, <laughs> Um, Columbus had landed, but when, when I was growing up, I don't, I don't remember any Native American books by Native Americans. I mean, all we got was Pocahontas and stuff like that. Um, so my feeling is that if you I want I thought it would be a distraction because Eleanor, uh, Eleanor is is pushing me to write more of a biography. Yeah. yeah, don't don't bring in the blindness because um, the minute you bring in blindness to most readers, they might know a little bit about Native American culture, even though most of it is probably wrong. But <laughs> they'll they'll jump on blindness because nobody really knows anything about blindness. So um, then I, I would ask, where so right. is it? Because Native American is nowhere in the chapter you just read. Nowhere. It, it's not it is there. in that there's a, there's a, the one I was thinking of was, was um, when Lisa is um, thinking about her name and who she is. Um, she's Lisa on, on her school records, but she is dogwood flower because her grandmother said that being born in the spring, she should, and she was such a sweet, pretty baby that she was like a dogwood flower. And then she goes into describing why different names are given in the family. And I remember you know, this one too. Yeah. So there are things like that. And the, the fact that um, at the, when they exchange Christmas gifts, Lisa did a beadwork um, daisy chain around the top of um, a baking powder can and covered it with, with a strip of leather and, and finished it off so that her grandfather would have a place to keep pencils because he liked to do crosswords. Right. So these are other chapters, not I yeah. said in the, in the chapter you read here. Yeah. There was, no, there was there lots was, of things like that, was, that about... The gifts Nothing. they made for each other, you know, and, right. and um, yeah. the the way they handled different situations, like she's doing homework with her aunt, <clears throat> and 
getting confused because teachers at school that people's last names told about where they had originally come from. And she was asking her aunt, well, what do I say? Because, you know, and her her aunt says, well, grandma, uh, great grandma Minnie told me that the reason we have this name is our last name is because when the government people wrote it down, they wrote it down wrong. And so they, you know, they said this. And I said, you, she said, you can tell that, you know. Right. That, yeah. Because our we didn't have last names. We had um, the name that people called us. We had honor names that were given to us as we grew up. And then there were names that um, were um, because of, of who we are in our hearts, our true names. And yeah. so, she, you know, she said, you can explain about that, but, but you can't, you know, but um, I would guess that your father's last name was probably um, because they, because his band was um, Swan Creek Chippewa. Mm. And so oh. they did, they just said Swan, you know, uh -huh. yeah. because they didn't know what last name should be. You know? Right. Well, it, yeah. So it sounds like you've got, you do have a, a master plan then. Yeah, there is, there's a, quite a bit of structure in, in it. This was yeah. just, just yeah. a piece that I had, had decided to add because I have a lot of little vignettes in my musings file about things that happened when I was a child. So that's where it started. Mm -hmm. And I did have yeah. one story published in the first Behind Our Eyes anthology called Prisicles. And that yeah. was the first one that I wrote. <clears throat> about the family, about exchanging Christmas presents. Um, I had a, 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 we need to move on because we have, yeah, we got some more people. From Sally, but yeah. um, I need, I uh, guys, a, I need to see I, a man about a horse before I zoom into karaoke. Okay. So I'm going to take off. Thank you okay. so much for your comments on my poem. And I will see you next month, if not sooner. Don't yeah, break the leg. Sing, sing beautifully, as I know you will. I'll do my best. I'll <laughs> okay. do my best. And you can listen on okay. ACB Media 5 when you get out of here, if you want. Okay. We'll talk later. Bye. 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 <laughs> and Marcia um, joined us, too. So, Yeah. I I was just going to um, mention to Deanna before we move on that um, I've had a uh, house guest the last few weeks. Um who is um, uh, has a temporary job with the CDC in involving tribal populations. And so we were talking books one morning and, mm -hmm. um, and I, there are a couple of books that, that I have read in the last couple of years that I love, maybe even as we breathe is one, but mm -hmm. she um, recommended to me, and I think it's a memoir It's called um, Braid. I haven't, it's on Bard, but I haven't started it yet. It's called Braiding Sweet Grass. Oh, Have you yeah. seen it? Rachel I can't, Somebody. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Anyway, Sophia says it's very good. And, and I 
thought of you, Deanna, and wondered if you had read it or. No, I haven't read that one, but Sweet Grass Grows in the, the part of the country where my mother was raised. Uh huh. Uh huh. Because it needs slightly swampy ground. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so, anyway, okay. Um, Sally. Deborah, I th- I think if I if I can I think I can remember this, so oh um, great okay you know, yeah. um if I if I mess it up just jump in okay I shall um, I've got it under my fingers we're good to go okay go Deanna you you've seen this already time okay. travel um tucked safely away in the quilted compartment see I did it already tucked safely away. In the side, in the zippered compartment, on an old quilted handbag, on a closet's top shelf, my expired passport seems none the worse for the wear it had. When my husband and I realized dreams, as planes touch down on foreign soil, I travel light these days, with no need for a passport, luggage, or a neighbor to watch my cat. Now, with the past years behind, I travel a journey alone through books and hold dreams, clo- hold their memories close to my heart. That's it. Yeah. You changed several words, and I wonder which version you know and sometimes I thought the change was better and sometimes not it's really interesting it's I mean it's, it's kind of an interesting look at how our how our, how our minds work <laughs> yeah yeah um well she changed yeah. it a little from when she first presented it to the to the writing group we belong in uh-huh. um, yeah because okay. there were some things that we suggested um, uh-huh. and she so tweaked yeah, that she tweaked. <laughs> is this is this in the book, Sally? No, no. This is the first this poem I wrote. This is the first poem I wrote since the book's in process. Oh, and oh. as of yesterday, um, it was sent to Audible. Um, and the narrator oh. told me that it takes about, it takes a few days for Audible to do whatever they need to do. And then it takes usually around 10 days for it to show up um, uh-huh. for purchase. So the only thing I have left is Bookshare, and it's it's been requested for about a month and a half, so we'll see what happens. But the I narrator I had was wonderful. And you selected her yourself? Is that that's what I've heard? Well, in a way, yes, because behind our eyes, um, a lot of people use DLD books with David and Leonore Dvorkin. And they have two audible narrators, a male and female, who usually charge $500 for a finished hour. For BOE members, they charge $150. So I had the option of going through and interviewing a lot of other narrators I'm paying a lot more money, but first thing I did was look the female narrator from um, the BOE 
connection up on Audible and listen to her read a couple types of books. Uh-huh. And I really liked her, I really liked her voice, so I got in touch with her, and she said yes. Um, she would give me. She said, "Let's take fifteen minutes." She said, "I'll do." because some of the book is prose, some of it's poetry. She said, I'll do a combination, and you can decide if it's what you want. And I, honestly, I would have picked this woman even if I had to pay top dollar. She just yeah. did such a good job. Yeah, she has a very and sweet voice. And yeah, she does. She really does. Mm, and she was very agreeable if I wanted something changed that I couldn't quite hear something or that I wanted the emphasis on one word rather than another. She was Mm. very, very good. It took about two weeks altogether. Um, She mailed me, once we got started, she mailed me one file at a time. I'd listen to it and say, great, or tweak it this way. And on Friday, she said, all you have to do is send me your consent, and I can send it to Audible. So that's what we did. Very nice. What's her name? Um, her name that she's using for my book is Lillian Eves, Y-V-E-S. Um, she has an email address called Lily Rowe, and I'm making her check out to Lee Ann Rowe. <laughs> so I'm assuming Leanne Rowe is grief. It's her yeah. legal name. Well, sometimes um, identity crisis. No, well, sometimes <laughs> authors or performers will use different names for different categories yeah. of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, this I, way, I, she doesn't get in trouble with people that expect the same price or the same thing because she's working with a different population and cutting her her costs. That's what I suspect. And um, I I am just, I'm really pleased with it. So um, That's wonderful. Wonderful. But this this poem, Time Travel, that was the first I wrote since I um, did the book. And I remember walking around for a couple weeks saying, well, I don't have to write poetry anymore. (laughs) <laughs> Which really meant, can I write poetry anymore? Or am I dried up? Yes. But, um, you, but, you but I, two, I just wrote one fans, today. Right, so. right here. Yeah. Yeah. She, she writes she wonderful poetry. She does. Yes, Thank she you. Does. Deanna, yeah. I just sent one for um, our group one meeting next Wednesday. Um, so I don't have a title for it. So if you can think yeah. of anything. I just finished know. one too. That's why. You know, I'm running behind schedule because I'm trying to do multitasking. I had some problems with my Echo devices I needed to deal with, and that was on the phone forever because my darn iPhone 11 keeps blinking out while I'm funding, hunting for a password or something. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I have to unlock it again, and it's driving me crazy. <laughs> and oh. Deanna, where now? Where all now is your book that you wrote? Is it on Audible too? Or? No. Because I don't have the money to pay for it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I I could do it because my book was Small. <laughs> like two or three seconds under right. an hour. Yeah. But and what what is yours on Bard, Deanna? Is it No, no. It's it on, has it's on Bookshare. Yeah. Some 
Kindle, there is, Kindle, there right? is a um, recording studio associated with Wolfner Library, but I mm -hmm. haven't heard a reader there that I would feel comfortable using because they're mostly right. senior citizens who've retired. Uh -huh. And I think the voice of the, the book is too lively for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, people were saying well, I should read it, but I don't think I'm professional enough to do it. Yeah, I, I, I would never read anything of anybody's. I'm just not good at it. I had a, a bit of a surprise because, so the two books that I wrote last year were for National Braille Press, and right. I assumed there would be no audio ever because they're a nonprofit and. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't get their books well, but the Perkins Library invited me to do two book talks, one about each of the books. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that when Kim Charlson invites somebody to do a book talk, she has one of her narrators record the book. So she said, and we talked about I didn't I didn't know it was done until after it was done. And she wow. said, I, I know MVP is a nonprofit, so I don't publicly, I don't make a big deal of it. It's, it's available to all of our patrons and anybody who has access to Perkins Library. Um, so, any, so it turns out I've been kind of quietly saying to people, because then I spoke, I spoke to a group, it was like a, independent living center support group for low vision people and then in another state I don't even remember what state I think it was Oklahoma and this guy there said oh you can get your book on talking book I got it and I I was talking about the ear, hearing book when, when mm -hmm. your ears can't help you see and I said this was before I knew Kim had done it and he, he said yeah well I'm just, you know, I'm a person who gets what I want. And I told my talking book library I wanted it. And I don't know where she got it, but she found it. So, so then I, well, then I, it, I found it, out from Kim. So people yeah. are getting it through interlibrary loan. And the yeah. happy news where I kind of relate to, you know, what Sally is saying, I had nothing to do with it. But once I knew they were, I, I asked Kim to send me the cartridges and this woman is so good that she used the same woman for both. And there's nothing for me to be annoyed about. I mean, <laughs> well, she, that's great. So, yeah. And I'm well, pretty, I'm she pretty can, the, the each state records that has a recording studio for records and they can't put them up for review by NLS. And if they're accepted, they have a different, um, they have a DBC number or a yeah. DB, you know, I, something yeah. else. I, I do know that I work for NLS. So I, yeah. I do know this. And the difference was that Kim deliberately did not put these. She did not offer them to NLS. So behind the scenes, people can request them through interlibrary loan, apparently. But she's not in order to respect NBP's nonprofit status, you know, she's, she's not offering them to NLS, but you're right. That's, yeah. um, they have to meet certain standards and, and then, it, you know, they, they get uploaded into the general collection. So yeah. 
I mean, there's a part of me that it's kind of like, um, you know, I, I did the books for the American Foundation 20 years ago. And then I was of a mind and I still am. I think AFB was really, they didn't market them well. And then they didn't let them go. And so now they're gone. I mean, they're just, they're gone. They're out of print. Um, they were recorded in the talking book studios at the American Foundation for the Blind mm. um, for sale, for mm. AFB Press to sell them. Mm. And and now, I mean, it's just such a shame because, you know, they were, I don't know who, I didn't even listen to all of them, but I know the first one was read by Suzanne Torin. Mm. And, um, and, you know, that's just really, it's, it's just too bad, you know, that, that they're not so maybe you should fire off a a query to um what's his face from Oregon? he was from Oregon before he became president of afb um shoot i i have him on my facebook come to think of it i'm (laughs) blanking on his name anyway and find out you know what the status is of of the um you know were they just were the were the masters destroyed or was there any possibility of them releasing them to nls or whatever yeah i don't know i mean i before you know the whole afb collection everything was turned over to the american printing house so Uh, everything is at the american printing house and i think those uh but i'm trying to now i'm on a different track i'm trying to figure out who you're talking about used to be present you mean carl augusto no no the, the he Kirk, have Facebook. Uh, oh, no. you mean Kirk Adams? Kirk Adams, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, he's still president. Um, anyway, so and, and I, I digress, but I just wanted to say that I um, relate to that feeling of being happy that somebody else reads your words, voices them, and gets it right. Because um, <laughs> you know, people don't get an, any choice when NLS does it; yeah. they just is. Because I've heard authors talk about. Um, you know, on interviews, hearing their their book, um, in an audio version, and and you know, being really surprised. But most of them have had them go through some place like um, the one of the uh, you know, a publisher that also has an audio component. Mm-hmm. I heard a very interesting, um interview the other day on at the end of a bard book because it's a commercial recording it's a a leon moriarty book who i just love and the narrator of the book interviews her at the end Mm. and she says um i there are so many characters in your books and the characters are so deep and complex and wonderful and blah 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 and then she said so I worked very hard to give each character uh, his or her own voice. And I wonder how you feel about that, about the voices that I gave them. Mm-hmm. And Moriarty says, honestly, not to offend, but I never listen to the audio recordings <laughs> of my <laughs> She said, my my attitude is that when a book is done, it's done. I don't want to do yeah. it anymore. <laughs> well, I know by the time you were finished, Sally, you were done with your book too <laughs> for a while. Yeah. 
I just, I just oh. loved it. I just thought, oh, that's great. <laughs> so, um, now, I, I have, if I ever have a book on Audible, and I probably won't because you have to write it first, I think. Yeah, um, that always helps. But, but, but <laughs> oh, see that. I've such always a, such a I'd petty thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes, such a small thing. Yeah, but I, I've always thought I, I I'll read it myself if I do. Um, I I always I always wanted you know to um, one of those unfulfilled fantasies has yeah. been to be a, well, a some of book some of my stuff um, would be hard for me to read. You know, the death of dogs, um, oh. things like that. Um, you know, there's still, I have a really hard time reading dancers <laughs> and, um, just because losing that dog was very hard that right. I wrote oh about God. that poem, um, gone, but not forgotten is another poem that I put in there about hearing about the death of a dog. And, um, yeah. I wasn't there, which is a poem about um, being in the Peace Corps when my first dog died Yeah, back here in the yeah. States. They're just some that are really, well, that really hard. The, actually, that was... <laughs> well, but it makes you feel this. any better, Deanna. Mm. Lily Rowe said mm -hmm. um, the male narrator was mm -hmm. in the studio with her when she was reading my stuff, mm -hmm. and she said... I, I forget which poem it was. She said, we both broke down and I had to start over again. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was one of the things that in the same interview that I just mentioned with mm -hmm. the narrator, whose name I've forgotten, and um, Leon Moriarty, the narrator said, some parts were so emotional, I had to stop repeatedly to get through. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's the beauty of recording, right? <laughs> yeah. You know? That yeah. you can you can exactly. manage it. Oh, don't look yeah, back. That's the yeah. one that is about the death of the dog and dancers. Um, yeah. Don't look back. Um, so yeah, there's just some of it that would be really tough to read. <laughs> well, Sally, we have to take tranquilizers. <laughs> so, so let yeah. me say um, that. I love this poem. <laughs> Time travel is very nice. And um, uh, I actually, I, I know the, the way you changed the line when you recited it, the, the last line, what, what's in the written version you gave me is, and keep dear memories alive. And when you recited it, you said something like, in my heart and it holds their memories close in my heart or something like that. I, I, to me, that sounds it's a little more trite than what's written, yeah. I think. I, I don't know. Just just FYI for what Would it's you, worth. I'll, I'll tell you one really funny, funny thing. I listened to NPR and BBC Radio 4, and I heard a news um, program about there's an small island off the northeast coast of England that's searching for a new landlord. It's three acres. It has a pub, <laughs> an inn, and one other resident. But 
a lot of people come for day trips or stay over, and they're looking for someone to be the new landlord. And I thought, damn it, Sandy died too early. <laughs> we could go by an <laughs> island. One in this job. Yeah. Oh. 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 Yes, I have a. Um, I had a friend on WhatsApp before I dropped out of one of the groups that I was in because it was driving me crazy. Um, that was occasionally posting to that group from a tiny island off of Scotland, and she had a lovely, you know, brogue, and she was just. Um, she would just talk about her day and, and things she was yeah. doing. And it was so lovely. I miss her as a friend. I don't miss the group. <laughs> well, 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 I must, I, I, what I did not tell you at the beginning of the session was that I had to stick to the hour because I have my favorite granddaughter, Evelyn, here for a sleepover. And oh. she very graciously said I could go do this. And she's been very quiet. <coughs> but sure, blow, blow us off for your grandchildren. That's fine. I'm, I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, everybody. I, I don't, Deanna, I don't I'll talk to you on, Mon- on Wednesday night. No, no. No, next, next week. Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, okay. okay. Bye-bye. Just, I'll oh, finish the poem, so bye. I will I maybe to bring it to the group. Uh, hello, this is Marsha. I've hey, been Marcia. trying to get a... I've been sure. trying to get in, but since everybody oh, is talking. I'm so sorry because we're ending. So come back next month. <laughs> yeah, well, I had been here all along. I told I'm you sorry. she was here. <laughs> you did. She was so quiet. I forgot. Well, I, I, yeah, because I tried to unmute and I unmuted. Nobody said a word. So I thought, eh, I'm stuck on mute. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's okay. Well, um, you'll have to forgive me because I'm running away. And uh, <laughs> since she's but, deserting you for for her grandchild as well. <laughs> oh, and by the way, I graduated from Full Sail. Uh, Good, great, congratulations! Yeah, graduated yes. uh, last Thursday on the third of February. Wonderful, and that's wonderful, Marcia. And I got a an award. I think it was kind of a master of leadership and development and a few other things like that from the course directors. And I thought, oh boy, that's cool. You know? Yeah. 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 So well, it was there a ceremony or uh um... yes, there was. It was a virtual ceremony, which I attended. Uh-huh. 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 And that's where I got my uh award. <laughs> Nice, very nice. How many people were in the class in the graduating? Uh, oh God, there's so damn many. I can't remember. Oh, Just, really? Okay. Oh, wow. yeah. That's very nice. Well, congratulations, and please forgive me for I, you know, one of them, Deanna or Abby or somebody told me you came in, and I was just so focused on what I was hearing that. I forgot to look at the list and see you. So yeah, what okay. I was going to read you, and of course I will do it next month, okay. is is called "Down the Central Lane." It refers to doing suicides. Uh, oh. That means you know, stop, go, stop, go, stop, go down okay. the center lane of the pool. 
Okay, I and, promise you'll be first next time, but I really, I have to go. Oh, sure, I yeah, okay, okay, I understand. Okay. And, um, okay. Little ones call, you know. That's right. <laughs> okay, see you all next month. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shh.